on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Nudist Festival in Mexico. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, episode 122 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschain, and I am your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And uh, today we're actually launching our Patreon. Uh, that's, if you don't know, Patreon is a way for people to subscribe and pay for, for anything, for people who create things and that uh, you want to support. Uh, we are doing this not that we're turning into a paid subscription-only show, but we're doing this to try to get uh, more support, to have a more regular show, regular production. But don't worry, you will always have free access. The objective is to spread the word. We're just looking for some support on that. So more information about that. Our Patreon is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Naturist Living Show, all one word. But more about that later in the show. First, uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about a trip that we took to Mexico in January and February of uh, 2020, so uh, a few months ago. And we went for the Zipolite Nudist Festival. Uh, Zipolite is a town in the southwest of Mexico. It's on the Pacific Ocean. And it's an old town that's, uh, well, village really, uh, on a beach that's been popular with surfers since the 60s. And as a result, it has turned into a, a nude beach or clothing optional beach, a very kind of free place. It's not a resort town. It is definitely a tourist town. Uh, but it doesn't have big resorts. It's more small hotels and boutiques and shops and restaurants. And it has a lovely feel. It is developing because it's becoming more and more popular. But because of the nude beach for the last few years, there has been a nudist festival, that's what they call it, being held. And we decided to finally go for the 2020 uh, nudist festival. So the festival was January 31st to February 3rd, and we went there a little earlier and left a little later. We made a 10-day vacation out of it. I like 10-day vacations myself. It's a little bit more than a week, so you see the day you arrive come and go again, and uh, it just feels a little better. But it d does mean that we have some challenges sometimes because people like to book full weeks instead of half weeks uh, in hotels. And in our case, we had to fly from Toronto to Mexico City and switch planes and then fly from Mexico City to Huatulco, which is the airport closest to Zipolite. Zipolite is not right next to an airport, being a small town and not a resort. But uh, And Huatulco is a relatively small airport. There are direct flights from Toronto anyway, and other parts of uh, Canada and U.S. and other places. So it's not a minor airport because there are resorts near Huatulco. Um, but it was, uh, it was a lovely airport to fly into. We left a cold winter here in Canada, 
and landed after our short uh, switch and wait in Mexico. Uh, we landed at this airport, which is obviously built and designed to look like a bunch of huts. The uh, It's only a one-level airport, uh, no jetway, but the weather's fantastic, so you don't need it. And um, they have thatched roofs so they look like little huts and the planes are definitely taller than the airport so right off the bat you felt like you were arriving right at a resort with the weather and those little huts and then we switched to a uh, transportation so there were 12 of us we i had organized this trip um, i had said i was interested other people had said they were interested so i had trouble finding rooms because the festival is becoming so popular but I did manage to find some rooms uh, in a uh, hotel a little bit down the beach. The uh, beach is about uh, one and a half, one kilometers to one and a half kilometers long, depending how you measure it. Um, and uh, we were at one end and the festival was at the other end. But it wasn't a bad thing. The whole beach is nude and it was actually a little quieter, except for the fact that the festival put the stage right next to the music stage where they were having concerts during festival right next to our hotel. So that was hard to avoid, but uh, it made it fun as well. So I had arranged the trip, and the first uh, 12 people that signed up, uh, you know, friends, there were many people who expressed interest, but, you know, I don't want to pick, so I just announced it. First 12 people who booked a room, because that's what I managed to get, is six rooms. Um, came with us and we had a good group and we had a good time so half came on a different flight and at different time uh, we came uh, there was I don't remember maybe eight of us and in both cases we had arranged for transportation so we had a beautiful little uh, minibus large van that picked us up and air conditioned and we took the drive it is quite a drive uh, it takes well, it took us over an hour, but we did make a stop to try some mezcal in a mezcal factory. But we drove and drove, and uh, it was a neat drive, though, because there's small roads, and you're driving through some really beautiful countryside. And then we finally arrived into the village of Zipolita, and you really feel like you're arriving in a small village. It's uh, still kind of rough roads and small little buildings everywhere. And drove to our hotel, which was one of the more sophisticated hotels for sure in the uh, Zipoliti area the Estrella de Mar which means star of the sea I believe sorry Spanish folks out there I am first a, Frank a francophone and then a second an English speaker and I would like to learn more Spanish which actually shouldn't be too hard because it is very similar to French we were very warmly greeted by the uh, the uh, owner of the hotel who was there to, to see us in uh, and why not? We had booked a fair number of rooms. And as one of the fancier hotels, it has one of the higher prices, but it's still very reasonable. Um, we, I took, my wife and I took the uh, best suite they had. Um, it was enormous. Like we had a sitting area, TV, air conditioning, a nice balcony on top floor overlooking the ocean. Everything was clean in great condition we had an enormous bathroom with a walk-in shower um, and all that was costing us about 120 dollars canadian uh, which is even less in the u.s as you know probably less than 100 dollars canadian uh, u.s per night 
And I'm told those prices were a bit inflated because, as I said, we had trouble finding space because everything gets booked during the festival. So it was a lovely, uh, lovely, lovely room, but you can stay for apparently as little as 40 or $50 a night. It's a very affordable place to go. Um, now, in a hotel, you can make your own food, but so many restaurants, and we were sitting down for, you know, sit-down dinners, serve, uh, table service, um, really prime food for uh, $10 a person for a, a meal. So it's all very affordable, and it was a lovely stay. So the hotel, lovely rooms, beautiful rooms. Um, you walked down, up and down the stairs, no elevators. Uh, there were ground floor rooms as well. We had some of those right on the beach. But it, here's where it gets kind of funny. We have, uh, obviously, we can be noon in our room. We can be noon in our balcony, according to the uh, hotel people. So that was no problem. Um, but you walked out of your room and along an outside hallway past an open area where you could have breakfast. And we're not talking very far. We're talking about, you know, so walking maybe 25 meters. And then down a, a couple of steps onto the beach where you can be nude. But in between from your room where you can be nude and along those 20, 25 meters, you had to be clothed. <laughs> and, and they were a little uptight about it. Um, and then onto the beach where you could immediately take your clothes off. So we all just... All we used were wraps. I actually brought enough clothing for uh, the entire state. But um, I stopped because I, I knew that in town you had to wear clothes in the restaurants. But it's such a relaxed culture that just having a uh, wrap around my waist was more than enough clothing in most cases. And some restaurants didn't care. And you could even be nude. So it was the wrap around the waist uh, or the chest if you're a woman. Uh, 25 meters to the beach and off it came and here's where it gets even more s strange and ridiculous um, the hotel itself had a bar on the beach and on the beach you were absolutely welcome to be nude and sit in their chairs and they would serve you so those folks who didn't want to see you walk through the hallways nude um, would see you nude all day long in the beach chairs so it's a very unusual uh, sort of situation and uh, you know it just shows you sort of how crazy our attitudes towards the body and nudity is and how it gets interpreted in various ways so but let me tell you about more about the festival and uh, Zeppelita uh, you know we so in the morning often I would come down I'm an early riser and uh, have a coffee on the beach um, first watch the sunrise because I'm that early even a riser and then had a coffee uh, when the uh, folks woke up, uh, well, I don't know if they woke up, but opened the restaurant. And then typically we would then walk down the beach. And as I said, we were about a kilometer from the heart of the festival. For the first few days, it was fairly quiet. It got busier and busier as we got closer to the weekend with the festival. And so, you know, it is a it was a walk, about a kilometer walk, but it was such a lovely beach and such beautiful weather. I mean, it's hot during the day, but it's even hot enough to be nude comfortably at night. And uh, all the time you're listening to the uh, waves crashing uh, in your room. Uh, but also you walk through with uh, barefoot through the waves and the ocean. And it's just, it's a lovely beach. And you, as you walk towards the, uh, 
uh, opposite end of the beach, the more western end of the beach, because uh, the beach is oriented east-west, and you're looking south, if you will, uh, as you look at the ocean. You, uh, you passed a lot of restaurants and shops, and a whole bunch that popped up for the festival, so you had even more options. You could eat on the beach, you could drink on the beach. There was lots of people. Um, some were okay with you being nude. Uh, it's funny, the rules were different everywhere, and you sort of have to ask. So some were okay to be nude at the front. Uh, some were okay to be nude more on the inside, and simply to inside is a very loose term. Inside means there's you know a half wall and maybe a bit of a roof. Uh, things are generally open everywhere. We were we did go to the first day we were there. Uh, we arrived in late late in the day. We met a whole bunch of uh, people that we knew. Well, some of our friends were there already. Nick and Linz were there. Hector uh, was also there, and Andrea, his fiance. Uh, we had a uh, dinner there, and the, the restaurant apparently was normally nude, but. Since there was a large group of us, and that was uh, what we asked for, they said, ah, yeah, whatever, you can be new. And nobody seemed to care. And uh, you, you keep walking, and eventually you get to Hotel Nude at the western end of the beach. And that's where the, the, the headquarters for the festival really are. And Hotel Nude, that's for the name, you can be nude everywhere. And uh, we had... Uh, there was also another one just a little bit up uh, the beach uh, on the from the hotel nude called the Budimar, where you could also be nude. And in both of those hotels, even if you don't stay there, they're more than happy to have you come in, use the pool, because while you're there, you're, of course, buying drinks and buying food. And so there was no issue uh, spending a lot of time in both of those places. They uh, end up being some of our favorite places to hang out while we were there. We, of course, didn't really want to hang out with our clothes on. So we, we did try some restaurants where you had to be dressed in the evenings and a few times. But we always prefer the ones where we didn't have to wear clothes. And it was a very strange how extreme it got. There was one particular restaurant on the beach with tables on the sand. And we sat down and they told us that we had to put clothes on if we were going to sit there. Now, literally just a couple meters away were nude people because it was at the end near the Budimar and the uh, hotel nude. And so we walked away. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's so random. So random that uh, you can be nude on the beach, you can be nude in a lot of restaurants, but in this restaurant you had to sit down even though everybody can see nude people. But I guess they didn't think it was proper. But that's where we talk and vote with our dollars, or pesos in Mexico. By the way, in terms of money, uh, bring your own money. Bring your pesos ahead of time. They, they don't want foreign currencies, particularly they want pesos. And there is only one bank machine, and I've been told we had brought enough pesos not to worry about it. But I've been told that one bank machine does run out, and then you have to take a taxi into another town to get the money from the bank machine. By the way, we budgeted, based on advice, on about for 1,500 pesos a day because we were you know, eating and drinking everything in restaurants. and um, That is only about $100 Canadian per day, so only about $60, $70 uh, U.S., uh, so not a lot. And still, we had a lot of money left when we were done and ate all our meals in restaurants, all our drinks from restaurants. And we did not, we did not try to save money. 
uh, we were uh, we had the money set aside, so we were quite prepared to spend it. So the um, the festival itself is a uh, it's a wonderful event, and it's a very low key, very casual event. There's a schedule. There's not too many things. You can just be there and feel part of it. Uh, the body painting was fun and very popular. There was some volleyball games organized. Um, there was concerts. There was all kinds of things on the schedule. But you had to be aware that it might say it started at 1, but nobody could find the volleyball. So somebody went away, and then an hour later they came back with a volleyball, and the games got started. So it, it there was a real sort of vacation attitude, and we didn't mind because it was... Uh, it was not. Uh, it was not an issue. Like we, we weren't there because we wanted to be super busy. We were there to relax and enjoy ourselves, and mostly meet some wonderful people and had lots of great chats. Um, so it was. It was. It was delightful. Uh, we ate uh, on the beach as well. On the beach, people keep coming by, offering to sell you things. Uh, we had tamales and uh, fried grasshoppers and cacao. Uh, and all, uh, all kinds of things were coming by. You can get a massage on the beach as well. But we often also went into, especially for dinner, we went into the uh, town. There were many restaurants, dozens of restaurants and shops. And some were fine with being nude, and you knew, you knew about them from locals. Hector was very helpful, uh, since he's completely bilingual and a local. We, uh, there was uh, one pizza place uh, called... The uh, 13 de, de December, so I think the 3 of December, I forget where it was. And there you could be new. So we wrapped uh, ourselves, walked in, took off the wrap. And of course, the restaurant is open. So the people on the outside could certainly see us. And some of their customers who were not naturists came in. But nobody cared. And there were lots of vendors, very busy streets, lots of vendors, people selling you all kinds of crafts and things and wraps we brought some interesting wraps and things like that as well since we were using them a fair bit the festival itself uh, opened with a parade and the parade was quite um, was quite a fun event it was it was it was mostly people marching but there was music playing and bands and, and it, it felt a bit like a Mardi Gras carnival kind of event and they marched all the way to our hotel through the town you had to be dressed until you were on the beach uh but I think some, I heard, I, I heard it some people who were nude and nobody seemed to do much about it. And they marched through the town on the beach all the way to where our hotel was because that's where the main event stage was where they had uh, all kinds of announcements and uh, speeches. And lots of music and lots of dancing. They had yoga in the morning, early morning, as uh, on the beach, which is lovely and wonderful. It was uh, it was a it was a great vacation, and I would absolutely definitely go back. You should be aware that the beach, though, as a family place, and some uh, folks in our group which have young children were are planning on going back but the beach is lovely but the ocean is deadly 
Uh, the reason it's popular with surfers is it has a, some big waves um, and also an incredible undertow. Uh, it apparently, I'm told, Ziplite means beach of the dead in old uh, Inca or old indigenous language because people, so many people have drowned over the years uh, before, but obviously even recently. They, they now have a volunteer lifeguard uh, group that watches the beach. And apparently that's made quite a difference, but you have to be really careful. And I would certainly not let my children go very far into the water if they were little. Uh, and certainly not without supervision, because a big wave can combine pull you away. At one point I went in, and because of all the waves, you, you have sandbars. And I dropped to my chest, so that I was fairly buoyant. And the water just started pulling me back. It was impossible to resist. Um, but I'm a very established swimmer, so I knew what to do. And I've spent a lot of time in younger days on the beach. I just flattened myself on the surface and rode the next wave in. And it was no problem. But if you panicked and you didn't know what to do, you would definitely get pulled way out. We saw people swimming way out. If you know what you're doing, it's okay. But it can be very dangerous. But it's a beautiful. So the water's warm. And it's kind of... Watching the waves is like watching a fire you know how you can kind of watch a campfire and just watch the flames dance and it's just uh, hypnotizing and it's the same thing you can just sit there coffee in your hand or cold beer in your hand and just watch the different shapes and of uh, the waves and how they come in it's it's just something very relaxing about that and the sound helps you sleep at least helps me sleep because it's this constant splashing breaking waves we also did some things uh, non-related to uh, the festival uh, we uh, we didn't leave very much because we were so comfortable uh, but we did walk in town a lot of course and we also took a boat ride which was great they took us out and we saw whales and dolphins and all kinds of sea turtle uh, they took us to little uh, private coves we did it all nude by the way yes that was a nude boat trip because we organized it that way and uh, we went swimming. We went swimming in this cove, and there was another boat there. And we all jumped off nude and sat on the beach. And the other group was there. They just kind of smirked and laughed. I don't think any of them joined us, but nobody seemed bothered. Uh, we also did snorkeling in the, off the boat. And some, you know, it's weird. The warm water, there's some beautiful corals and all kinds of interesting fish. So it was. It was. Uh, a great experience. I would definitely consider doing it, but be aware that it's a—it's not a resort. It's a nude beach, and as we've talked many times before, a nude beach is a place where people are free. It means that they're also free to come and look. Uh, there was a fair, quite a bit of nudity. I, we never felt we were the odd ones out at all. Uh, if anything, there may have been more clothed people around during the festival, because I think it attracts people who want to come and watch. But it was a very free place, and people were having a great time. And uh, I would uh, definitely recommend it to anybody who is looking for a very affordable and interesting uh, vacation is to go to Zipoliti. But why don't we stop listening to me talking about it? And I've interviewed uh, Hector, Hector Martinez, about this, and also Nick and Lynn. So we'll start with Hector. And he's going to tell us more about the festival and the history and how it came to be.
how did this festival get started? So this festival originally started back in 2016 when there was a Latin American encounter of naturism. Generally, this event takes place every two years, and Gerardo Cisneros, who was former secretary of the Federation, went to this event, and he actually proposed to have Cipolite, Mexico, as the next uh, venue for this Latin American encounter. It seems that they were pretty happy with the idea, so they voted in favor, and then there was, there was a lot of media coverage of this event, so people started making a lot of reservations. But this was going to be a small private event. And then before you know it, um, Jair Flores, who was president of the Association of Hotels here in Cipolite, got in contact with Juan Marcos, previous president, and told him, hey, there's a lot of people that are going to come and we don't really have anything planned. What do we do? And they decided to have a couple of activities. And it turned out to be such a great success that from 2016 on, it's been going on annually, and um, this would be the fifth edition, if I'm not mistaken, and it's grown exponentially. It's, it's surprising to see how many people are coming, and back then we, we weren't really getting coverage of ma mainstream media, and now we're starting to see a lot of mainstream media interviewing people, sharing the activities and things that are going on, and we're really happy with the type of coverage we've been receiving. Generally, naturism gets this, you know, um, uh, in a way, sexualized kind of coverage, kind of like, oh, naughty or something crazy is going on. But they've been actually really, really good at conveying uh, the intention behind the festival, the naturist lifestyle, and the philosophy behind movement. And uh, that's been attracting a lot of new people. Well, it, it's actually quite incredible. I get the feeling that the town, which is a very small town, is almost overwhelmed. Well, definitely. I, I think that regularly before this event, on high season, we would probably have about 1,000, 2,000 people. And during the festival, anywhere from five to 8,000 people come. So this town doesn't have enough infrastructure, enough rooms to accommodate all these people. And they, they see themselves in the need of finding accommodation in nearby towns, nearby beaches, which is extraordinary for the region. It's really helping out economically. And this has also really helped to change the mindset uh, about nudism or naturism. Before, people were kind of hesitant. They didn't really like the idea. They thought that nudism was kind of have, causing them to have a hard time attracting tourists. And when the festival started, they started noticing that a lot more people were coming. So that means that a lot more income was coming. And they've, uh, the, the, mind the mindset has been evolving over time. So now, uh, and during the first festival, there was only one hotel that allowed nudity, which was Hotel Nude. And right now there's seven hotels. And there's numerous restaurants and other places that allow people to dine nude. So... The, the mentality has been evolving and it's really important because as time goes on, Cipolita becomes more and more nude friendly. So what has this meant for, the, uh, for naturism in Mexico? Well, this, what happens is this event is a great opportunity for a lot of people that don't necessarily belong to a community or a group that have probably never tried naturism before but are curious to see what it's about. And they come here and they see how people are having such a good time, 
how they're enjoying you know, the pool or the beach or playing volleyball or different activities that are going on. And they become very curious and very interested in participating. And most people that come have their first naturist experience here. So from this event on, they decide that they're interested in finding a community where they live, their local community, and that has helped naturism as a whole to expand in Mexico. So more and more communities are starting every day, and uh, the Federation has a, a project going on that's called New Communities, where we basically become the center of contact of all these communities that are starting. We help a lot of people that are finding or looking for something in their local town to get in contact with these communities and that has helped it expand and grow. So uh, this is a it, this is not a naturist resort or was never a, specifically a nude beach. Uh, it's more of a free beach. Yes. And you also told us in uh, the previous podcast how the, that some one of the challenges in Mexico is it's a very Catholic country and it this doesn't come naturally to people. So what kind of challenges has this meant for this festival? Well, there's something that I've noticed that there's a lot less resistance toward naturism than I imagined that there was going to be when I initially started promoting it. I thought that I was going to get an angry mob outside of my house every morning, but it, has, it hasn't been like that. Um, despite the fact that we're very influenced by the Catholic uh, faith, by the Catholic Church, people are very, very respectful about what people decide to do. They might not agree with you, but I've never had any problems with my family or my friends or anybody that judges me or that doesn't want to talk to me anymore or excludes me because of what I do. And that has generally been the same consensus of the people who I've talked to. They generally tell me that, you know, it's a similar situation. And I haven't heard of any stories about friends or family getting fired because they're naturists. Um, so it's definitely not as challenging as we thought it was, but maybe in the local community, there has been a little bit of resistance towards allowing nudism to expand from further than the beach. But I've noticed that this type of events has also helped them get in contact with what naturism is because they, they never had a formal institution or anything that was organized or that would explain to them what it's about. They just saw a lot of people that would be nude on the beach and probably doing some things that, that aren't accepted or, or appropriate, and they thought that that was naturism, they thought that was nudism. And as, as we participate, we, we get in contact with them, they have an opportunity to learn what it's about, and I feel like it's they're becoming more and more welcoming to the idea. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, I think so. And uh, since the last time we talked, you were working on NNG. Um, how is that group going? Well, NNG has grown exponentially because of the channel I started on YouTube. In 2016, we founded the community. In 2017, we were trying to follow the footsteps of other countries that had landed clubs. We wanted to rent a, a big house and make it into our clubhouse. It didn't really work because we had several events, but we noticed that there was more events than there was demand. So less people started showing up in the events and it just became a huge economical burden. I wasn't able to afford it. So what I decided to do was to start 
a crowdfunding campaign to get funds in order to cover a year's worth of rent and a couple of expenses so we can uh, kickstart, in a way, the community. The campaign didn't meet its goal. That was supposed to be $15,000. But we were able to to raise $4,300. And I used all that all those funds to invest in video production equipment. And I started making videos. At first, the videos were about the crowdfunding campaign. Then they evolved into sharing my experience as a naturist. Then my experience as a promoter of naturism. And then I started sharing events that were taking place in different places. And some and, and some of those videos had to do with last year's festival. At that time, I had around 14,000 subscribers. And in an eight-month period, it went all the way up to over a million. Right now, there's 1.2 million subscribers. And it's, it's growing really rapidly. It seems that a lot of people are interested. And because of that... A lot of people now know that there's a community, that there's a movement, that there's big events like this one. And I'm, I'm really happy and I'm really grateful. There is a lot of challenges when it comes to censorship, when it comes to not being able to monetize the videos, when it comes to a lot of things that, you, that go into making these videos. But in general, I feel like the videos have really helped the community gain more traction, more strength. And they're not just in Spanish. Well, that's another interesting thing. In the beginning, I wanted to fill in a gap because I was able to find a lot of content like The Naturist Living Show that was very valuable to me to, to start. And I was able to find a lot of blogs, a lot of you know written information, images, and a lot of things. But there really wasn't anything in Spanish. And I felt like I wanted to focus in Spanish because that's where a lot of development was required. And it just became so successful in YouTube that there was a lot of people that would comment that they really liked my videos, but it would have been nice for them to understand what it was about. So I decided to start creating a little more content in English, and it has been pretty well received by the international naturist community, people who speak English. And I've decided to try to do a little bit 50-50. There's some topics that I think are more relevant to a Spanish-speaking audience. I make those videos in Spanish. I'm trying to subtitle them, getting a little bit better at doing that. Um, and other videos, for example, of the festival, I plan on making at least two or three videos in English so more and more people can understand what's going on and how this event works. And maybe if they feel comfortable enough, they could come and visit us. And uh, I understand that there is going to be a lot of women who are disappointed. Why is that? Because you're no longer available. <laughs> well, I wanted to, to make, uh, take, take advantage of this important event uh, that represents a lot to me as a person, to Andrea, and to us as a relationship. So I decided that I was going to propose in the middle of the festival, or before the festival started. So I had a nice romantic dinner arranged, and I think I surprised her. <laughs> And, well, she said yes, and we're very happy. We're engaged. We still don't know when the wedding is going to be or where the wedding is going to be, but we definitely have to have a nature ceremony. So Hector is, uh, is wonderful to work with, wonderful to chat with, a great ambassador for naturism, a good friend, I would say, and uh, I enjoy spending time with him. And I, uh, uh, 
I really, I was glad to be uh, able to hang out with him for that week. Uh, him and Andrea, who's also lovely and wonderful. And um, so it, it was great. But it was also, it was like a, an old home week. We got back together with Nick and Linz. And they've been to Zipolite many times. So they had a lot of uh, information to share as an outsider, uh, as a visitor, as a tourist. Or as a, Hector is a bit of a tourist. He's not from Zipolite, but it's his home country and his home culture so but before we listen to nick and Linz, i want to tell you about our patreon so i said at the beginning of the show we now have a patreon it's patreon.com slash naturist living show one word and you've heard that samantha is really helping with the uh production of the show you've seen well, you've listened to, you've seen them popped into your feed and you've listened to shows on a more regular basis. Samantha is making it possible for this show to be a much more regular, professional, professionally produced show. Even though we've been doing it since 2008, it's been uh, largely dependent on my time and uh, volunteering to do it. And as things get busier, there have been times where Shows were not coming out regularly. Samantha pushes me, which is great, but also does a lot of the work. And she is a does a lot of volunteering, but we're trying to turn this into a job for her so she can help us promote uh, the naturist movement by having a more regular presence on in podcasts, but also on social media and other places. So, But you can't expect people, people, we have to live. People, Samantha has to live, she has to pay her rent, she has to f- enjoy her life, and you can't enjoy your life and do things and travel uh, without having some money. Uh, she came to Zipolite. Uh, she has a job right now that does pay her, but perhaps if, with your support, we can make this something that she can do part-time and uh, or full-time even, if things go well. But as, we are not going to force people to pay to listen. That's clear. We do this because we want to promote the ideas behind naturism, nature's philosophy, ethical naturism, all the things that I've been talking about for all these years. And we want to keep doing it. And we can't if we put it behind a paywall. So the show is free whether you pay for it or not. What we're asking for is your support. A few dollars per month. You know, what's $5 a month? If you go to Starbucks, you're spending that on one coffee. So we're looking for a commitment of a few dollars a month to help us produce this show and get it out to more people. So go to patreon.com slash show. Apparently you can't find it by searching because we had to tick the box that says we have, I don't know, mature content, adult content, nudity, anyway. Um, you can see a video there uh, that uh, talks about what we're doing. And my commitment to you is that I will not get a penny that you put into this. Not a penny. Bear Oaks has been subsidizing this show for since the beginning and will continue to do so. All the money, though, that is collected through Patreon, whatever you want to give us, will go towards Samantha and some of the expenses uh, related to what she's doing. Nothing for me. I don't get paid for this. I don't need to get paid for this. I don't want to get paid for this. I already have a way of supporting my life and my family. So take a moment, Patreon, 
p a t r e o n dot com slash naturist living show. Take a look and decide. Can you help? Can you support us? Can you support our message? Take a look. We'd really appreciate it. So now let's continue and listen to what uh, Nick and Linz had to say about Zeppelite and the festival and their experiences. What is it like being back in Zeppelite? It's great to be back. <laughs> it's absolutely great. Um, we loved it two years ago and we still love it. Um, it's a magical place. Um, yes, absolutely. Well, I certainly got that impression from the reports that you did on Zipolite last time. So what is, it, what is it that makes it so special? It's, for us, it's mostly it's the vibe that hangs here. It's, uh, it's not a resort town. It's uh, the kind of beach town you recognize from movies from the 70s or 80s where time stands still and doesn't move. It's a surface place, so it's also the surf, the surf vibe. It's small, there's no big hotels, no expensive rooftop bars. It's just a very, it's a low-cost place and it has a very low-cost, a bit hippie-ish vibe to us. It's definitely a very good value. We've got an incredible price here on everything we did. We've brought too much money, which is very unusual for a vacation. But when you were here two years ago, I'm sure it was like that, but was it like that now with the festival? No, it was completely different because two years ago we were here in low season. Um, so it was super quiet and not a lot of people. Uh, a lot of restaurants were closed as well because it was low season. And yeah, of course, during the festival, 8,000 people or I don't know how many people they were here. Uh, 8,000 people come to Zipolite, so it's crowded. Uh, but it's nice as well to see the difference uh, between low season and high season. Yeah. So you've seen a, a lot of events. What's this one like? It's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> um, it's different in a way because it's completely Mexican beach style, that's what we call it. You expect, when you go to a festival, you expect to be entertained from morning to evening. And this doesn't really happen in Zipolite. Although they have activities, they are treated in a very flexible way, so to say. Some don't really happen, some do happen, but hours late. And it's something... We, it can bother people, I think, but you have to think of it as the, the Mexican beach way. This is, not, this is not Canada or the US or Europe. This is Mexico and things, you have to think in, in a Mexican way. And that's a relaxed way. Like we'll see, we'll see what happens and maybe it happens, maybe it's not, but in any case, we will have a great time. And it, if it's not happening, just drink a margarita and enjoy Zipolite, you know? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I kind of actually enjoyed the leisurely pace. Sometimes a festival is a reason for people to get together and come. And some places I've been at, it's so programmed that you either get tired of doing everything or you just don't do half of them because you want to spend some time socializing with people. That is what we like the most about the festival as well. It's, and especially for us, for Europeans, it's quite normal to see thousands of naturists together. We have naturist resorts uh, in France that get 10,000 of uh, naturists. But for Mexicans, they organize in smaller groups. Their, their events are normally 100, 200, maybe 500 people, the biggest. 
And then 8,000 people for them, this is huge. And it's for them, it's also an opportunity to socialize with people. And because everybody is social, also for us, it's a great opportunity to meet, meet a lot of new people, meet Mexicans, meet people, meet Canadians, Americans, talk with them about the difference that, of naturism here and in their country. It's, and that makes the social aspect makes this festival more special than the activities that they try to arrange or that they arrange. So yeah, there are a lot of people from all over the world, and you said 8,000, that's what they said. This is a town of only a few hundred people. Um, how are they coping? I have no idea. <laughs> I have really no idea. Maybe you should ask uh, Hector that question. I don't know. I really I'm, have no I'm very surprised that they cope it very well, I think. Like, I was kind of expecting the shops to run out, out of, out of beer, out of uh, food. But they were supplied very well, and they kept being supplied during, throughout the festival. So they know what they're doing, I think. But, yeah, of course, it's a huge amount of people, and it's good that it's only for three days. I think a festival of a week would cause big problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we were also expecting that there might be problems, but we went to restaurants, and we had to wait. But we're waiting now, and the festival's over, so it's not obviously that they had too many people, huh? That's the same thing. That's Mexico. <laughs> well, Hector would say that's Zipolite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things, yeah. things are a little different in Mexico cities. All big cities are busier. Huh? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hector is not from a little town, so yeah. <laughs> little beach town. Little beach town, yeah. So, of all the places um, you've been to, um, would you describe Zipolite as a naturist place? No, it's a cloning optional place. It's a, actually, it's a free place. It's, um, that's another thing we like about Zipolite that much is that you can do whatever you want. You can, if, you are, if you want to be naked, even if you're the only naked person on the beach, people won't be bothered or won't look strange at you. But if you want to wear a clown suit, people won't be bothered or won't look strange to you. That's, you can wear whatever you want. That's, that's the, free, the freedom within naturism is very high in Zipolite, which makes you... Yeah, it really does make it a nature's place. But on the other hand, the nudity uh, level is not expected and unnecessary, but it's still here. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people that if this was 1964, I would say they're hippies, because that was what they, well, hippies looked like. Except they're not old, they're young and look like hippies. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I just like it that nobody cares. Nobody cares what you're doing, nobody cares what you're wearing, nobody cares what you, how you act, how you react. Um, and maybe that is the hippie, hippie term or something, I don't know. Um, but I like it, I really like it. It's a style that suits me, personally. Uh, and do you know what Zipolite means? Uh, what is it? Uh, Beach of the Dead? Yeah. yeah. And why is that? I don't know. Because people used, I think, because people used to die here a lot, ah, and yeah. in, the, in the waves. In the waves. That's very strong, yeah. or st very strong current and a very strong rip current. So a lot of people used to die here. I, 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 they still do, don't they? Less, much less. It, it happened a lot until I think 10 years ago, and then uh, came a voluntary lifeguard system. And since then, very few people have have died in the in the sea. I so, think over, I'm sorry, I think over the last two years or three, nobody died anymore. Um, yeah, because there are a lot, a lot of lifeguards here and also the local people support them and the foreigners support them. 
Um, so sometimes I give them money, sometimes I give them food to protect the beaches and to protect the people who are swimming in it or surfing in it. So, uh, I mean, aside from you have to be very careful in the ocean because there are very strong waves. Do you think this is a good place to bring your family, bring your children? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave the long pause in there. <laughs> I think it is because it has a, fa a family-friendly atmosphere. I think you don't see many families here, but it's, I think it's mostly because the foreigners don't travel here uh, with their children because it's still Mexico and Mexico has a bit of an undertone. And uh, local naturists are not really family naturism minded. But I think it's a good place for, to come with your children. Of course, you shouldn't let them go alone in, a, in the ocean. But yeah, you shouldn't do that either in any other country. So I think just the vibe and the town and everything around it. It's a good place to bring your children, but don't let them play in the ocean alone or don't let them play around the rocks alone because that's dangerous. But I think they are safe in the town, absolutely. So what else would you recommend people do when they come here besides sit on the beach and uh, drink cervezas? There is a little um, lagoon um, not that far from here. Um, where is it again? Uh, what's La Ventanilla. Um, it's um, a local NGO and they protect the mangroves and it's really nice so you can just hire a boat um, and watch the crocodiles, watch the birds and yeah it's a really nice thing to do. I really recommend it uh, while you are here. And some of the other towns nearby like San Agustinillo and Mazunte are called uh, Pueblos Magicos and they got, it's a, state, a status you get from the government which means that it's a protected village and it's um, something special, something magical. And they are nice places to visit. They also have a beach. Of course, it's not a nude beach, but it's beautiful beaches. Mazunte has a lot of yoga. It attracts yoga people from around the world. So to, if you want to do a yoga retreat or yoga sessions, Mazunte is a great place. And the rest of the neighborhood, like um, Santo, uh, Porto Angel, is not that popular. But it also has a beautiful bay. You can take boat trips outside of, uh, of town. There's a lot of other things to do than just lay on the beach. But you will have to put clothes on. So if uh, somebody wants to come to Zipolite for the first time, would you say come for the f during the festival or don't come during the festival? We would recommend people not to come during the festival. But it's because during the festival you don't get the vibe of Cipolite, which we fell in love with. So that's why we would recommend people not to come during the festival. You, if you come outside of the very high seasonal days, you get to see the real Cipolite. Uh, the beautiful, relaxed town where you can chill, naked on the beach, drink cheap cocktails. Yeah, the prices are definitely higher during the festival, and we noticed that. Uh, the hotel has special rates for the festival. What, what about uh, the time of year? Does it matter July? Would you come in July? Would you come in October? There's, there's high season starts from uh, November until more or less March, April. Um, and then there's a, a, a shoulder season in between. And that's, that's the season we like the most. It's April, May to June. Uh, because after that, the rain season starts, which means that it gets incredibly hot, incredibly humid. The temperatures go to 40 degrees. Uh, like no, now, you can perfectly stay in a room without air conditioning during during the the summer, like during rainy, rainy season. That's not a possibility. So we would not recommend people to come from June to September. 
except if you like that. Hot, hot, and rainy. hot and rainy and humid then come yeah <laughs> although i suspect during the low season there's a lot fewer options for restaurants and things as well yeah absolutely yeah that's true a lot of restaurants are closed because some restaurants are run by foreigners as well so for them then it's the time to go back visit family um do some maintenance um so yeah and what about uh people always worried in mexico about getting sick so what would you suggest what would you recommend did you get sick <laughs> i did not get sick so what do you recommend <laughs> but i know somebody else who got sick yeah. <laughs> no i think i think the food and the standard of the food is pretty pretty good here in cipolite um yeah depends on where you eat but in general yeah the food quality is pretty good yeah i think if you're going to buy something from Uh, somebody on the street then you're taking your chances and it it might be fine I yeah. so yeah, I guess it depends what you're doing yeah? there's no way to avoid getting sick and we don't even try to avoid we just eat everything we find and most of the time we're fine you can get sick but it's in, in most parts of the world you, you will get you, you will eventually get sick when you're traveling through it's it's uh, they don't have the hygiene standards we have in Europe or in North America But you, you're don't, not going to die from it. You might be in bed for a day, and but it's uh, maybe part of the experience. <laughs> so, uh, would Zipolite be in your top three, top ten, top fifty places you've been? Because you've traveled a lot. Absolutely. Which one? Top five, I would say. No, Nick? Top three? <laughs> yeah, top five. Top five at least. Yes, absolutely. What are the other ones? Um, what are the other ones? Um, we really love Colombia. Um, for us, the most beautiful nature's beach is in Colombia, in Tairona. It's a national park, but you have nothing there. So you don't have a restaurant, you don't have uh, bars. It's just the beach, but it's an official nature's beach. But if we could build a house there and a little supermarket and a restaurant, I think we will live there. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. There are so many amazing places. Like Fre the French coast is a, is a, is amazing. There are, we've been to places, to campings in Portugal, nature's campings in Portugal, high in the, in the hills, in the mountains, where there's nothing surrounding you. That's amazing. It's a, in Italy. We've been to, uh, to great nature's places. It's yeah, it's hard to pick favorites, but I would say that Zipolite is in the top three because it for us it has the complete package. It has great weather. It has. It's cheap. You can be naked on the beach. People are amazing. People are friendly. It's the complete deal, and that's why it's in my in, in my top three and Lynn's top five. <laughs> <laughs> So Nick and Linz have actually put together a guide to um, Zipolite where they list a lot of the places they've gone to and they have restaurant recommendations. Uh, we went to a restaurant that is Nick's favorite. He goes all the time. And uh, it was good. It was delicious. It was delicious. It was fantastic. Several of the restaurants are actually run by expats, uh, people from other countries who have moved there. Uh, and to, to Zeppelite and open shops and restaurants. And uh, so that makes it for a very interesting mix of Mexican culture with, you know, French, Dutch, American, British, etc. So 
Um, I'll put the link to the uh, the guides uh, that Nick and Linz have created and to all the other things we talk about in the show. Those will all be in the show notes, which can be found at naturistlivingshow.com. Don't forget to uh, also to go check out our Patreon, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and as in Norman, patreon.com, slash naturistlivingshow.com. So that's going to be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show, and I thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, you were inspired by this as well as past and that you will be for future ones. My name again is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for the podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park, which has been sponsoring this for all these years. I make the show now with the help of Samantha Graham, who makes this task so much easier, as I said, by producing a show and doing all the time-consuming editing and following up and chasing me down and pushing me and doing show notes and even organizing and scheduling interviews. So support her through the Patreon. You can find links to all the things I talked about on the show notes, which is at naturistlivingshow.com. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I really appreciate getting them, and I read all of them, but I don't always have time to respond to them all, so I apologize if I didn't respond. Um, The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. with the worm. Yeah, you can see right there. Don't you get really drunk when you eat the worm? No, well, actually, yes. If you're lucky enough to get the worm? (laughs) I think you're not going to get it today, but...